0: Hello, my Rebels. Today, we talk about a big scoop from Sheila gunn Oh, she nailed it this week. Uh, and the scoop uh, scooped uh, Gerald Butts up, and he don't like it much. He's just having a little tantrum. He's having a tantrum. Um, I'll, uh, the story's uh, moved on since then, actually. There's new chapters in the story. Keen Bextie was down in New York chasing the story down a bit. We'll show you that. And by show you that, I mean tell you that because you're listening to the podcast, which is why I want to invite you to consider becoming a premium subscriber. If you go to the rebel.media slash shows and pay just eight bucks a month or 80 bucks a year, you even get a discount if you type podcast in as the coupon code. Um, you get the video version of the shows. You get the video version, plus access to Sheila Gunn-Reed's show and David Menzies' show. So please consider becoming a premium subscriber. In the meantime, enjoy today's podcast. Here it is. Tonight, Trudeau's best friend, Gerald Butts, is the center of another ethics scandal involving hundreds of thousands of your tax dollars. It's August 29th, and this is the Ezra LeVant Show. Why should others go to jail why? when you're a biggest carbon why? consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why i is because it's my bloody right to do so. Hey, did you see Sheila Gunn-Reed's huge scoop the other day? It turns out that Justin Trudeau sent a huge sole sourced contract. That means a contract that no other companies were even allowed to bid on. Trudeau sent it to the Eurasia Group. Who's that? Well, what a coincidence. That just happens to be the New York City lobby group that gave Gerald Butts Trudeau's disgraced advisor and best friend, a soft landing after he was forced to resign in disgrace after the SNC lavalin fiasco this year. Here, let me play a few minutes of Sheila's exclusive video for you. It's her story, so I'll let her tell it. But stick around because since she broke the news a couple days ago in this video, a whole bunch of other very interesting things happened. So this is video, uh, this video from Sheila is just Part one of the story, watch this.
1: Breaking news, Gerald Butt's new company just received a sole source contract from the federal government, totaling nearly $200,000 Canadian. And only the rebel is bringing you all the details.
2: Uh, So we don't think that, we think that the oil sands have been expanded too rapidly uh, uh, without a serious plan for environmental remediation in the first place. So that's why we don't think it's up to us to decide whether there should be another another route for a pipeline, because um, the real alternative is not an alternative route. It's an alternative economy.
1: That video, of course, is Justin Trudeau's best friend, former chief advisor, and now current campaign worker, Gerald Butts. way back when he was with the World Wildlife Fund in a rare moment of complete and total honesty about how the Liberals truly feel about Canada's oil and gas sector. According to Butts, it just shouldn't exist at all. Which now begs the question, why is Gerald Butts' new employer getting a $150,000 US sole source contract from the Canadian government to provide expertise on the energy sector? Let's go back a little though. Butts joined the Eurasia Group Shortly after, he resigned in disgrace amidst the SNC-Lavalin scandal. That's the scandal where Justin Trudeau was just found guilty of his second ethics violation while in office for putting unlawful pressure on Jody Wilson-Raybould, Canada's first Aboriginal female attorney general, to cut a sweetheart deal with the corrupt Quebec-based company for deferred prosecution. but has since then quietly rejoined the federal liberal campaign, But despite Butts being elbows deep in an ethics scandal and despite Butts also being part of the official Liberal War Room and despite Butts saying many, many times over that oil and gas should be phased out altogether, Gerald Butts' brand new New York-based employer just got a $200,000 Canadian or $150,000 US sole source contract from Natural Resources Canada to give advice on energy markets. Here are the full details from the Government of Canada procurement website of the sole source contract we uncovered just this morning.
0: Now Sheila reads uh, some of the document in question. I'll skip that in the interest of time. But you can see Sheila's full video elsewhere on our website. But check out this part.
1: Why was no one else allowed to be part of the bid process for this contract well it's right here under section 6d according to the federal government only one person is capable of performing the work apparently the prime minister's best friend former chief advisor and current campaign worker is the only guy for the job what a happy coincidence and the total cost of the contract as i said earlier is here under Section 9, estimated cost. The estimated maximum value of the contract for one year is $149,940, tax is not applicable. And here is how we know it went to Gerald Butts' new company, hand-selected by the Liberal government without any competition from anyone else in the entire country. Section 10, name and address of the proposed contractor. Eurasia Group. 149 Fifth Avenue, 15th Floor, New York, New York, 10010.
0: Now, the rest of Sheila's video shows you what an idiot Gerald Butts is. I mean, he's very smart IQ-wise, but he's what the scholar Nassim Taleb would call an idiot yet, sorry, intellectual yet idiot. That's a funny phrase, I love it. As someone who is book smart, but has no clue about how things actually work because he's never actually done anything. Uh, Taleb's phrase is, no skin in the game. You you can tell that by all the kooky schemes Gerald Butts supports. I mean, he's the nut who said the answer to what practical route should a pipeline take is, no, 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 no. Just ban pipelines altogether and just, you know, just create a whole new economy that doesn't need oil. You know, just poof, magic wand, just,
2: just do it already, guys. We think that the oil sands have been expanded too rapidly uh, uh, without a serious plan for environmental remediation in the first place. So that's why we don't think it's up to us to decide whether there should be another, another route for a pipeline. Because um, the real alternative is not an alternative route, it's an alternative economy.
0: Yeah, uh, idiot, intellectual yet idiot, as Taleb would say. So um, that was Sheila's blockbuster video this week. I showed you the substance of it, but maybe I told you too many details because the headline is really this. Gerald Butts, the disgraced Trudeau staffer and his best friend, went to a fancy New York consulting firm that just happened. To get a sole source 200 grand contract. Yeah, I think I've seen this movie before. It's how the liberals do everything, especially Butts himself. You will recall that Gerald Butts, when he moved to Ottawa from Toronto, he billed taxpayers six figures just to move down the road, just to move down the highway from Toronto to Ottawa. He billed taxpayers six figures and then he tried to hide it. And it was only after it was revealed that he grudgingly paid back a small portion of it. I'm sorry, that, that's padding your expenses? That, that's a fraud thing or embezzlement? That's a firing offense in the real world, but in Trudeau land, the only thing they were mad at him for was that he got caught. I remind you, Butts personally signed off on Trudeau accepting the illegal gift of a vacation on the Aga Khan's billionaire island in the Bahamas. Butts was behind that too, and Butts tried to keep that secret too. That was illegal, too, according to the ethics commissioner. But Butts wasn't fired for that, of course. You see a pattern here? Yes, you do. But Butts wasn't fired for his key role in the illegal misconduct for snc either. He was never fired for his role in bro- breaking those laws. He resigned to take the heat off of Trudeau. But then he slinked back to work for the liberals again. He's working for them now, as you know. Anyway, Sheila broke this news the other day, and it went huge online. Um, But only one other media outlet followed Sheila's scoop, uh, the post-millennial. And uh, they basically just rewrote Sheila's news, copying it in some places, almost word for word, actually. Uh, But at least they gave Sheila credit for breaking the story. But look, like us, the post-millennial is an alternative media, and it's looked down on by the fancy parents at the media party. So the story was, so far, contained from the liberal point of view to the right wing. But then, Brett Wilson, the successful financier and former Dragon's Den star, well, he was furious about it. He tweeted his outrage. And uh, in fact, he, he, was, he was outraged to the point of swearing, which he doesn't often do. Now, that's a, that's a fancy guy, Brett Wilson. He's conservative, sure, but he's part of the jet set himself, uh, A-list kind of guy. He's someone that Gerald Butts obviously respects, or at least fears, a little bit. So Butts just finally lost it. He, he he went nuts a little bit. He said, "It's a lie. This is a lie." You can see he's responding directly to Brett. "It's a lie, and the lying lie was told by liars, and we're all liars in this right-wing echo chamber." Con- consider this public notice, Brett. Now I'm not sure what that last part means. Notice for, for what, buddy? Do you mean like a, a defamation notice, like a legal document? But what do you mean do you deny that the contract was given to the eurasia group i, I mean we, we showed the document it, it came from the government's own website you could find it yourself you could watch Sheila's video it's it's there what, what exactly was he threatening this is notice notice of what buddy butz was so upset he started making weird threats all over the place look at this he's threatening a former ambassador vivian bercovici it's just all, the, no, I'm mean, flat out lie. Ah, the rebel, ah, they told me I haven't retracted. Ah, n- notice number two. No, notice, what, what is this, like an auction? Uh, 25, 25, going once, going twice, see $30 bid, going once, going twice. Notice for what? Are, are, are you going to sue us for, for mentioning this? You can sue us for mentioning the fact that Shortly after you decamped Ottawa in disgrace for the Eurasia Group, a $200,000 sole source contract was sent over there, you're going to sue us for telling people that? Sure you are, buddy. Just like you told Justin Trudeau to threaten to sue Andrew (laughs) Scheer for criticizing you over the SNC-Lavalin scandal. You still haven't followed through on that lawsuit uh, because you'd lose? and because you'd have to disclose all your internal memos and emails and other documents that you are currently hiding. So sue us for reporting on the fact that we got from a government website. Oh, please don't throw me into the briar patch. Please don't do that. Now, Butts was clearly coordinating his response with his friends at the Eurasia Group because we received this email from them. It was written by Irina Oyama, And the subject line was correction requested. They said, hello, this is a request to correct the record regarding yesterday's article about Gerald Butts, Eurasia Group, and Natural Resources Canada. Natural Resources Canada has been a Eurasia Group client since 2017, and Gerald Butts has not been involved in that relationship. At any stage, Eurasia Group is an independent, nonpartisan research firm that employs senior advisors from across the political spectrum and has worked with global investors, multinational corporations and governments, including Canada, since 1998. In short, the basis of this article is inaccurate, and we ask you to please retract it accordingly. Irina Oyama, Director of Communications, Eurasia Group, 149 5th Ave, 15th floor, New York. Um. Okay, uh, so, so what, what was the error that needs correcting? I mean, you saw Sheila's video. She said they got a sole source contract for about 150 U.S., which is about 200 Canadian. So, so we have the primary document. like We, we, have, we have a copy of it, right? Um, are they saying that's not true? Now, now we, we know it's true. We all know it's true. We got it from the government website. You, dear viewer, can go to the government website and get it. And they, they, they didn't deny it was true. They didn't say it was like a forgery or something. That would be weird. Uh, in fact, they, they told us something that we didn't know that was pretty incredible. They said this isn't their first payment from the liberals. They, they told us, I think by accident, that they have been getting contracts from Trudeau. Did you catch that part? Um, since 2017. I think that's what's called an unforced error. They just sort of blurted that out. They, they, they told us more of what they're doing, something we didn't know. We didn't know that. At least I didn't. But they literally told us about more scandals, that not only did they get a sole source contract about global warming or whatever once butts went to work for them, but they got a contract before when Butts was still working for Trudeau. So in 2017, Butts and Trudeau approve a contract to this New York lobby group that hates oil. I mean, who knows? We're we're trying to find out more details about it. I hope they'll tell us. It's for 200 grand. Well, actually, the new one was for 200 grand. What was the 2017 one? Hundreds of thousands? (laughs) Millions, who knows? With these drunken sailors, the way they spend money. So Butts hires a Eurasia group back in 2017, they get paid in 2017 from taxpayer money. Then Butts resigns in disgrace and gets a soft landing at that same Eurasia group. And then surprise, they get a sole source payment from Justin Trudeau after that. Yeah, no wonder Butts is freaking out at Sheila's report. This wasn't supposed to come out until after the election. Who released that contract? They're fired. But the funny thing, if you read the replies to Butts's tweet, a lot of people, well, they're laughing at him because his denial of the facts that we knew and the new ones that they just told us, it's so laughable. And we all heard Butts's lies to Parliament just a few months ago regarding the SNC-Lavalin scandal. And we all learned from the Ethics Commissioner about how he corrupted the justice system by trying to undermine Jody Wilson-Raybould. So no one believes him anymore. He's, he's known as a liar. It's quite something. Now, by chance, our and Bextie was in New York City yesterday on a different matter. And as I just showed you, that's where the Eurasia Group is headquartered. So I said, why don't you pop by? Why don't you pop by? So he did. But they wouldn't let him up to the office. We just got an email from that Miss Oyama. We just got it. And what better way than just to show up and say, hey, I'm here to talk. Thanks. You want to make corrections? What's going on? Um, but they claimed she wasn't there. Then they said she couldn't even take a phone call. Really? It's a busy work day. You're the communications director for a big company, but you, you, no one can find you or your deputy. And then they literally stopped answering their phone at all. Like well, They would hang up, hang up, hang up. And like they were, it was like they were in panic lockdown mode just because Kean was there. And they wouldn't let Kean come up to their office to talk. They have a media relations officer. That's who this Arena Oyama is. It's right in their title there. That's, that's all we wanted to do to to talk to the person whose job is to talk to us, the person who wrote us a letter saying they had something to say to us. Okay, great, we're very interested in what you have to say. But they started hiding from us and they even wouldn't even let them up the elevator. Here, just watch a few minutes of Keen's video yesterday.
2: So I wanna ask a few questions and they're quite obvious. Did Gerald Butts have anything to do with those contracts? Was that original contract in 2017 sole sourced or not. When was the first time that Eurasia Group dealt with Gerald Butts? Was it after he left politics and then they hired him? I, I kind of doubt it. I imagine it was closer to 2017. We know Gerald Butts is the one uh, running the government, he's the brains behind Justin Trudeau. I would be very surprised if Eurasia Group had no contact with him prior to when they started dealing with him after politics. So I'm here waiting outside of this building. I've called them several times. I've called both their New York office and their DC office. Yeah, something fishy is going on here. They don't wanna answer any questions. Even after they told us to retract our article, they're not explaining why, they're not giving us any information. I'm gonna go walk in there and see if I can go up to their floor and talk to them. Let's see if I can get through. Hi, um, to sign in as a visitor uh, for Eurasia group, just on here. You uh, have women today? No, 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 we're calling, we're, I'm a reporter looking to speak with them uh, in regards to a story we're running. No, you need to Would you be able to ring them? No, but we don't have uh, a uh, uh, telephone number. Now, I guess I'm not surprised. I am, however, disappointed. We're not going to quit digging on this file. This story is huge, even though uh, the Liberal elite don't want us reporting on it. Uh, They put us on public notice. I don't know what that means. Gerald Butts tweeted this earlier this week, just yesterday, actually, I think it was. I don't know what public notice means. I don't know if it's a threat for a lawsuit or if this was just a dog whistle to the Liberal Party's leashed and collared mainstream media. We all remember when Telford Said that she could get anyone to write any helpful off that the Prime Minister's office needed. Something fishy is going on here at the Eurasia Group in New York. We're not sure what extent the relationship goes to with Gerald Butts, but we're going to keep digging, we're going to keep filing A tips, and we're going to get to the bottom of this.
0: Holy moly! So, what do we know? Well, we know that a group of New York consultants are getting rich off Canadian taxpayers. They started getting rich off us in 2017 when Gerald Butts was in the PMO. Then Butts went to join them for a soft landing when he resigned in disgrace. And the money kept coming. And you know what sole source means, right? It means that no one is even allowed to say, oh, hi, we're a company in Canada. And we can do a better and cheaper job. No, 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 no. This was going to the Eurasia group no matter what. They, it was going to them. So we know they hate our report that Sheila did. We know they're issuing veiled threats. I think that's what Butts is doing. Uh, we're not scared. We know our facts. In fact, we want more answers to the questions that Keen was asking. But but that veiled threat—first uh, notice, second notice—I think that's enough to keep the media party away from our story. I mean, do you really think that Rosemary Barton of the CBC? <laughs> look at look at the love in her face. Um, do you really think she's going to ask Justin Trudeau about it? I mean, here she is taking a photo with her platonic boyfriend. He's just not, in, he's just not that into you, Rosemary. I'm sorry to tell you. And uh, here he is with Althea Raj, um, who's also taking a selfie with Trude, uh, Trudeau with his tongue out. He does that tongue out thing a lot. It's, you know, I've got, I got little kids. They do that, too. Now, I show you Rosemary Barton and Althea Raj because... Those two tough, hard-hitting journalists <laughs> are going to be amongst those moderating the leaders' debates. Yeah, um, they know not to misbehave now that Gerald Butts has issued two public notices or they won't get to do fun things like moderate the leaders' debates anymore. Uh, Bob Fife made the mistake of asking tough questions of Trudeau about SNC-Levelin. And not only is he banned from moderating the debates, but so is the Globe and Mail. Hmm. Uh, here's what the CBC has chosen to focus on instead. I'm not even kidding, as Sheila's story was just tearing up the social media. Uh, CBC News Alert. I swear to God, look at that. It's called a new, it's not just news. Alert, alert. Gagoga, gagoga. Everybody, uh, battle stations, we have a news alert. Um, Marriott International, the world's largest hotel chain, will eliminate. Small plastic bottles of shampoo, conditioner, and bath gel from its hotel rooms worldwide by December 2020. They'll be replaced with larger bottles or wall mounted dispensers depending on the hotel. This has been a public service emergency announcement from CBC News. Gaguga! I swear to God, that is not a. F- we didn't make that up. That's not Photoshop. I swear to God. Baguga! Give me a big siren. Warning, warning, ladies and gentlemen. Like that's like, you know, on your cell phone when you get those amber alerts, like everyone, oh, bang, bam, bang, bang. Marriott Hotels has decided that they're replacing little bottles of shampoo with big bottles of shampoo. We now return you. That's CBC News, I swear to God. Hey, thanks, CBC News Alerts. I am glad you're alert. To what a U.S. hotel chain will do next year with their shampoo bottles, um, but I get it. I absolutely, totally get it because they're not going to get in trouble with Gerald Butts by reporting on shampoo bottles, will they? Hey, guys, just don't call yourself journalists anymore. Y- you can use that adjective, government journalist, but please never, ever, 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 ever call yourself a journalist again. Okay, just. Be honest. Um, hey, remember, remember what Gerald Butts uh, told Jody Wilson-Raybould? Um, remember when she said, we, we, we can't have interference with the law? I'm sorry. I know you love that corrupt company that paid bribes to Muammar Gaddafi. And, and there's a question. I mean, if SNC-Lavalin pays bribes everywhere they go, like everywhere, I wonder if they ever paid a bribe to, to Gerald Butts, because he sure likes taking money. I wonder if we'll ever know the answer to that. Anyways, uh, so Jody Wilson-Raybould said, no, 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 I'm sorry, you can't interfere. And he said this, and I'm quoting here, this is word for word what he said in reply. He told Jody Wilson-Raybould, quote, there is no solution here that doesn't involve some interference, unquote. That's what he said to Jody Wilson-Raybould. So the guy who pocketed more than 100 grand just to move down the road, the guy who okayed Trudeau's illegal secret vacation. The guy who quarterbacked the illegal SNC Laveland campaign. He just happened to land himself at a consulting firm that just happened to receive lavish payments from Trudeau's government both before and after he went there. He's he's corrupt. He's a librano. And we're only starting to ask questions. I guess you could say this video. That's my public notice to Gerald Butts. Stay with us for more. back. Well, the hottest issue in the election campaign in October, it's not even Labor Day. People are still in barbecue mode, but it inadvertently came when a social media mob led by the CBC pressured Patterson Outdoor, that's a billboard company, into taking down signs by a third-party advertiser promoting Maxime Bernier's opposition to mass immigration. Uh, In a way, it's a advertisers dream come true. I don't know how many people would have seen those say no to mass immigration billboards on their own driving by, maybe tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, but surely millions saw it in the media brouhaha. But still, it's bad news to have censorship rule the day on such an important topic. But wouldn't you know it that there is something we need to talk about with mass immigration. It's not just conservative pundits and conservative candidates who think so. It seems some labor unions think so, at least the labor union representing Canada's border police. Joining us now to talk about this and a story she's written on the subject is our friend Candice Malcolm, the founder of TNC.news. That's True North. Candice, great to see you again. How are you doing?
3: Hi, I'm good, Ezra. Thanks for having
0: me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. I've got your article here in front of me from TNC.news. The headline is, Border Union Raises the Alarm on Lack of Resources to Deal with Bogus Refugee Claims. So that's not some conservative candidate or Maxime Bernier. That's the labor union representing the people whose job it is to stop the bad guys from coming in.
3: Yeah, that's right. These are the frontline workers, Ezra, that have to deal with this huge surge of illegal immigration happening in our country every single day, day in and day out. So Jean-Pierre Fortune, who is the union boss over there, he, he's, he's flat out saying what's going on, which is that when people enter Canada illegally, a lot of the times they simply disappear. And it's the job of the Canadian uh, Border Service Agency, CBSA, to track these people down and deport them, but they simply don't have the resources. Uh, $90 million was spent in a single year back in 2015. That was before this huge surge. We don't know what the current uh, spending rate is, Ezra, but it's it's astronomical, and we just don't have the resources to deal with the tens of thousands of people who are walking into Canada illegally every year.
0: Yeah, one of the, the startling things that I don't think most Canadians know is that all these fake refugees, all these fake applicants, whose very first act, by the way, is breaking the law by crossing an illegal border crossing where there's a big sign saying it's illegal. I think one of the things that surprises people is while they're waiting for their day in court, the Immigration Refugee Board, they're allowed to go anywhere. They don't have to check in. They don't have to be uh, wearing an anklet or something. Now, some countries like Australia, if you show up in some migrant vessel, they'll sees you, take you to an island, uh, give you medical care, give you food, you'll be fine. And you will not get to go to Sydney or Melbourne or Canberra. You have to stay on this little island. They got Christmas Island. And if you're found to be a legit refugee, they'll send you to a little country called Nauru that's safe. And they pay Nauru like 50 grand to take you. But you will not get to go to Sydney. And everybody knows that now. You won't be thrown back to some terrible place. Odds are you're you're a faker. So that's how Australia does it. We sort of take the exact opposite approach, don't we? We let them go straight to Toronto, Montreal, let them go straight to welfare, food banks, hospital lines, whatever, don't we?
3: Exactly. You couldn't have two polar opposite approaches to immigration as we're at Australia. They put out huge posters everywhere saying you will not call Australia home. Do not make the dangerous journey. Don't try to get here illegally. It's unsafe and there's no benefit whatsoever to doing it. And as you just explained, they have a very restrictive protocol to dealing with these folks. Whereas Canada literally has the opposite approach. We have our prime minister tweeting away on social media saying, you know, come to Canada, welcome to Canada, Canada's your home, and basically encouraging people to take the often dangerous uh, journey. We've had people sadly uh, pass away in the cold winters trying to cross illegally across border fields and ditches in in Minnesota and in upstate New York. Uh, People, as soon as they cross into the Canadian border, it's like they're home free. Uh, they get they get a free card to stay. They they wait in queue uh, for that immigration hearing. Because of the huge surge that we have experienced thanks to Justin Trudeau on social media, uh, it takes years Ezra to get your case heard in front of an immigration judge. Um, and then if even if you're rejected, you then still have to wait. There was a CBC report that came out a few months ago that said the majority of people who have their applicants rejected, so these are not refugees, they're fake refugees. Um, they don't leave on their own. They wait. For the CBSA to come and deport them, Ezra. Only 900 people have been deported in the last three years under Justin Trudeau. So it's such a small number when you compare that to the 150-some thousand people who have come illegally. 900 have been deported. The rest of the people, as the CBSA is declaring now, they they disappear. They just you know get absorbed. They go to Toronto or Vancouver, and you know they continue to live with an illegal status.
0: So if I heard you right on the numbers. If you're a fake refugee, even if you're found to be fake, even if you have your day in court years after arriving and lose, there's a ninety-nine percent chance you'll stick, you'll stick around. If you—if—if if I heard you right, did I hear you right on the numbers there? One hundred and fifty thousand, right. but nine hundred deported. Is that right?
3: Well, so one hundred and fifty thousand have come into the in, into Canada since Trudeau has been prime minister. They haven't all had their day in court yet. Right. Uh, but of the ones who have had their day in court, only, only about 900 have been deported. So, you know, the, the, the message is really clear, Ezra. If you come to Canada, there's pretty much nothing we can do to get you out of the country. Once you're here, you're here. And you, can, you even have access to things that Canadian citizens have access to, like appeals. You can appeal the decision. You can, you can get another day in court. You know, it's really just sort of an endless... Uh, you know, conveyor belts of the Canadian immigration system that just gives you chance after chance after chance. And then even then you can still give a humanitarian plea saying, look, I've made a family in Canada and I have roots here now, don't deport me. Right. So the, the chances of someone ever getting deported are just incredibly slim uh, given the system that we have.
0: We're such a nation of suckers and it's because Justin Trudeau wants to virtue signal, but not out of his own pocket, not out of his own bank account, not out of his own house. He wants taxpayers to, foot the, uh, to to clear the checks at his mouth. Uh, he, he, you know, he writes the check with his mouth and we got to cash it. You know I learned something from your article that startled me, but I, it shouldn't have. Uh, let me read from your article you know, on TNC.news. It is believed that approximately 400 Mexican cartel members have gained access to the country since Prime Minister Justin Trudeau lifted visa requirements. For Mexico there's a reason we have a visa requirement for Mexico it's you know because we can learn that millions of Mexicans want to go to Canada the United States and if we don't have a visa they're going to do the same thing to Canada that they did to California I just didn't know we had 400 cartel members that's like MS 13 that's like the drug gangs right
3: right and they're making the way to Canada there's a huge market for selling narcotics up in Canada And, you know, it makes sense. We used to have protocols. We used to have a system in place. So if you were coming from Mexico to Canada, you had to apply for a visa beforehand. You had to demonstrate that you were only coming to visit Canada, that you weren't going to stay, you weren't going to make an asylum claim, and that you weren't inadmissible for criminal reasons. Uh, So we would have data sharing with Mexico. We would be able to look at a database and see if a person was a criminal. And Trudeau inexplicably, a scrapped that measure for, for no good reason other than the fact that he was buddies with the Mexican president down there, and all of a sudden, we had this huge surge, a huge, huge surge of Mexicans doing just that, showing up unannounced, we don't know who these folks are, making asylum claims, and, you know, it's no surprise that amidst the people who are are desperately trying to flee, they're trying to escape violence in Mexico, you're also going to have some of the people who are promoting that violence, these these drug cartel members that are moving up to Canada, they have, you know, a a big uh, audience of people who might be interested in buying drugs up there. And, you know, it's no surprise that these people are nefarious characters are sneaking in. And, and, you know, these are the worst of the worst people. We don't have the measures in place, unfortunately, anymore to stop that.
0: Yeah. You know, if I was a Mexican and I wanted to flee the country and go to some uh, rich place with lots of health care and education, I'd probably think of California first. It's there's so many other Mexicans there. Lots of people speak the language. The climate is even similar, but at least they sort of have a border force that's sort of deporting you. Um, Canada's colder. There's not as many Mexicans up here. But I guess what I'm learning from your article is, you get here, you're you're here, for, you're safe and sound. So uh, if you're willing to put up with a little bit of cold winters, uh, basically all of Mexico would come here because I mean, what's so incredible about your article is that these um, border serv- border security agents, they can't even determine the nationality of these people. They they just. It's just chaos and lawlessness. And this isn't a secret. This is is how Trudeau wants it to be. Like, this isn't some startling revelation. This isn't some bug. This is what Trudeau considers to be a feature of our system. Like, this isn't an accident. This is the plan.
3: Right. And he's doubled down on it many, many times. You know, the day that he sent out that Welcome to Canada tweet, it was right after President Trump had issued his executive order banning uh, people from seven countries that were terrorist havens. And Trudeau virtue signaling said, you know, regardless of who you are, what faith you have, you can come to Canada. You know, that wasn't an outlier. That wasn't just him, you know, making a mistake and trying to get publicity. They repeated that message over and over and over again. And, you know, as a result, people are coming to Canada, half the people who arrive in British Columbia to make asylum claims (laughs) Thank you. the <laughs> cat they're of unknown nationalities and so that just means that these people don't have any documentation they don't have passports they say oh i'm from mexico uh, but we don't know that they could be from anywhere they could be from anywhere in latin america or anywhere in the world and it happens over and over again half the cases and so you know if you if you were a person who had a red flag on your file as or if you were a known wanted criminal war criminal uh, terrorist drug dealer you know we've seen all these people come to canada you know, you just get rid of your passport on the way and it's a lot harder for our uh, officials to actually track you down and, and, and find out who you are maybe give maybe that would give you enough time a window to get out of the holding center and then as jp fortune the cbsa boss said disappear because yeah. you know that you you wouldn't be wanted in canada so you know it, it really is just a chaotic mess at our borders right now it's taxpayers that are putting the bill it's cbsa frontline officials that are paying the price of having to deal with this chaos and you know trudeau is riding high uh, completely oblivious or, or carefree, doesn't doesn't worry about this kind of stuff, uh, you know, it's the rest of us that have to sit and worry about it.
0: Yeah, you know, almost every day I see news out of the United States that an illegal alien who was supposed to be deported commits a murder or a rape. There's so many down there. Uh, in some counties, the majority of rape cases are illegal immigrants. It's a shocking narrative in the United States because of the sheer number. We really haven't had a lot of those cases in Canada yet. There's the case of Marissa Shan in uh, Burnaby, who was allegedly raped by one of Trudeau's Syrians, one of the Syrians who wasn't supposed to be let in. He was a single young male who weren't supposed to be included in his refugee plans. Fortunately, we haven't had a lot of those cases, but I fear that if we're letting in tens of thousands of people, and we're not even kicking out the ones who come and and obviously lie about, oh, I don't have a passport. We're going to start seeing those crimes too. I tell you, I mentioned Australia before. If you were to land on a beach in Australia with no passport, the default is send you back. It's not let you in. And they know that in Australia. That's why they don't go there as much. But they also know we're a soft touch. I think that I really don't know what's different between Justin Trudeau's policy and the policy of someone who deliberately was trying to undo Canada. I don't see any difference between the two.
3: Yeah, I I tend to agree. I think that this is sort of, you know, there's something deeper and darker here that Trudeau doesn't really respect what it means to be Canadian. He doesn't think there's anything special about Canada or being Canadian. And he just wants to lead this, you know, big, diverse hodgepodge of, of people. He likes, you know, virtue signaling on the world stage that Canada is so diverse and that there's so many people that live side by side. But, you know, the only reason that works, Ezra, is because we have a social compact and we have that, you know, shared values underneath and that unity. And when Trudeau just, you know, brazenly opens up the door and lets anyone in and doesn't require people to learn English, to live in Canada full time even, he gives out citizenship very quickly, um, changed all those rules. Uh, you know, he's, he's really breaking down and undermining that Canadian unity and what it means to be Canadian. He doesn't value it. And, you know, sooner or later, there's not going to be that glue that holds our society together when there's just all of these isolated silo groups that don't have anything in common and they don't share a Canadian identity. They don't even share a language. They don't know the history. Uh, It really, it's really concerning. And, and, you know, what is Canada going to look like 30, 40, 50 years down the road when we have this mentality, you know, this guy is going to continue to run our country and do this for another four years. It's, it's really you it's scary to imagine what might happen to Canada.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I talk sometimes about a high trust society versus a low trust society. I've been to northern Iraq and I have seen firsthand what a low trust society means. It means you trust no one. Uh, in fact, there's, there's a, a saying, me versus my brother. Me and my brother versus my cousin. Me... My brother and my cousin against the other family. Me and that other family against the other. Like it's so you're so distrustful. Everyone's out to get everyone. As, as Hobbes would say, it's a war of all against all. And that's a low trust society. That's a terrible place. Here in Canada, we're a high trust society. We we give food away for free because we assume you're not going to take it if you don't if you're not poor. But so many of our customs, so many of like the fact that we trust. That a young woman can go out on the street and ride a bus without being sexually assaulted that's a high trust society you trust other people and you bring in enough low trust society people into a high trust society they're gonna raid us clean they're gonna ring us out and we're gonna be like sweden is perhaps the, the highest trust society in the world that has just been overwhelmed by scammers and schemers i'm so pessimistic candace let me ask you about the election Other than Maxime Bernier and his ill-fated billboard, I don't see anyone wanting to talk about these issues. Even Andrew Scheer, the best he'll say is, oh, we should have a more orderly system. He's not talking about any changes to the system.
3: Well, I I like to think that, you know, one, if if a conservative, either Bernier or Shear, were elected and stepped into the immigration department and saw the sort of mess that had been created, we know that when Syrian refugees were coming to Canada, the Trudeau government just skipped all kinds of important integration and sort of welcome to Canada workshops that migrants are supposed to go to, refugees are supposed to go to, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I think that if you had a conservative in there that, that cared about Canadian values and cared about you know, the future of our country, they would just need to you know rework that and make sure that when people are coming to Canada, they do go through that integration training and that we are more careful of who we let into our country, who, who we screen, how we screen and how we vet people. Um, just, you know, because some people come, like you said, these low-trust societies, if, if you come from a place where everyone cheats, no one follows the rules, no one respects order or the rule of law, you come to Canada, you know, you can't just expect overnight for them to suddenly respect institutions and the rule of law. Uh, you know, as far as the election goes, I think it's an incredibly important election. I think anyone in office would be better than what the Trudeau liberals have done in their approach, especially, especially to citizenship and immigration. So I do, I do believe that any other party, any other government would be a big improvement to what, what Trudeau is doing here.
0: Well, I hope you're right. I don't see any backbone in Andrew Scheer, but my um, conservative, I'm, listen, I'm conservative in a small c way, and obviously I want Trudeau out of there. I just wish we had a little more courage in our leader of the opposition. I won't ask you that partisan question, though, my friend. Great to see you again, and I, I, I recommend this article, and I recommend everything at tnc.news. Uh, we talked to your colleague, Andrew Lawton, just earlier today, and we think you're doing great work, so thanks for coming on our show.
3: Great, thanks so much,
0: Ezra. All right, there you have it, our friend Candice Malcolm, the founder of TNC.News and a, a great expert in matters of immigration. Stay with us, more Ahead on the Rebel. Hey, welcome back to my monologue yesterday about Macron and Trudeau attacking Jair Bolsonaro Brazil. Over the fires in the Amazon, Liz writes, Macron is a kook. He and Justin are trying to make hay out of the Amazon fire season. Awesome that Bolsonaro told them to take care of their own business. Yeah, I mean, it's so easy to be a pundit and criticize someone else's country. That's not just just for the fun of it, just for the sport of it. And and I suppose some people would say, well, that's what Donald Trump does. I don't think so. Anytime Donald Trump is jabbing or pushing or pulling, you can sort of see he's trying to get something, trying to pursue some American interest, I think. Maybe I'm apologizing for the guy. But if he's jabbing a country, maybe he wants them to change their policy on something. What's the payoff for Trudeau and, and Macron to jab Brazil? What's the payoff? Do they, do they really think he's not doing everything he can do to put out the fires? So what French interest, what Canadian interest is being pursued? When Trump roughs someone up, he's, if it's an ally, he's trying to get them to spend more on the military or do a trade deal. If it's an enemy, he's trying to put them in their place, as he does with China. He's at least pursuing America's interest. I do not understand what is in the French interest or the Canadian interest of sneering at Brazil other than, like I say, virtue signaling by those two losers. And he writes, ever since the Yellow Jacket protests and Notre Dame burning on his watch, Macron has reverted to stunts to make himself important on the world stage, like springing the Iranian minister on the G7 summit. Yeah, I I wouldn't even call that a stunt. I'd call that just pure ideological leftism, third worldism. Um, So yeah, maybe that was a stunt to embarrass Trump. I think that's just who Macron is. And there's a real tradition in France and other European countries of taking bribes from third world countries. It's just a fact. Dan writes, very informative interview with Julia Song. Hey, Dan, I'm glad you think so. I'm glad you think so. Uh, she's fairly young, and, uh, which is good. I mean, everyone's young compared to me. Um, I, I like her. I mean, she's got a good attitude. She likes freedom. Uh, I think she's getting stronger. I... I I thought she might have had some more technical answers, but maybe she was just speaking from the heart. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of hers. And I'm glad you liked her. It's good to get feedback. Uh, We'll have her on more. I think she could get a better webcam, frankly, a little clearer. But I'll tell her that advice privately. But no, I'm a fan of hers, too. I'm glad you are. We'll have to have her on, especially since we care about Brazil more and more. Because we like what Jair Bolsonaro is doing. Obrigado. All right. Well, that's the show for today. I dropped a couple of words in Portuguese there, if you didn't notice. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, keep fighting for freedom.